0: Welcome to the glory podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. I have a verse for you right up top. Second Peter says this, his divine power. Can you put that up for me, Jesse? His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. So I'm going to read that again. This is, this is for you. God's divine power has given you everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. What this means is literally at my disposal as the son of the most high, is the power to do everything needed for life to the fullness and godliness. It's not found in um, me choosing to do good things and then I get godliness. No, he's given me everything needed to already live in godliness. Uh, It's not like he's given me tools so that I can do stuff to then live. No, he's given me everything needed so that I can live. And a life abundantly. And I, I think the beauty of this is that then everything, and that means that word means in totality, in completeness, that every kind of necessity for life for you is given through the blood of Jesus. That everything is given. He's bestowed it. That word given, he's granted it. His divine power has enabled us. Now, The enemy, I don't want to give, call what he does is power because when I talk about divine power, I don't want to twist then the enemy. But can we all agree that the enemy, the enemy of our souls has a game plan and he has some schemes and we are blinded if we think that he does not want to thwart that word, thwart the divine power that has given you everything needed for life and godliness he does. In fact, every single day, things like lying, deceiving, everything from pressuring, tempting, he does everything possible to blind us from everything that we possibly have. Did you hear that? Like, he does everything possible. Even our world is structured in a way that, that our fallen world provides us with everything possible to be distracted by everything that our Lord possibly can give us. His hope, his peace, his joy, that life. I mean, think about it. Like, you're nine to five. You're day in and day out. You're sleepless nights. You, you wake up late and you're running to work and you're, you're, you're missing stop signs and you're angry to your kids or you're angry to your coworkers. All of those things, the enemy gives us every opportunity to live this life void of godliness, but at every time, in every situation, the Lord has provided us with everything needed. That means you're not lacking. Some of you a lie that you've been telling yourself, and therefore you're angry at God about it, is you think you're lacking. A lie that you've been telling yourself and the very reason that you've been angry at God is because you believe that you are lacking. But you have everything needed for life and godliness as you continue to come to know him. Know him. Know him. Now, we're starting a new series today, and I needed to preface that because I sort of frameworked this in a way on Tuesday that that just shifted my focus, or we could say narrowed it down. We're starting a new series today called One Flesh. And um, really, I want you to see it as a reframing series that there's a reframing that needs to happen because we're going to begin to... We're going to proclaim something throughout this series, okay? We're going to proclaim the power that we have as Christ followers through this series. That every single one of you, through him, have become one with him, right? You have one flesh that now has the opportunity in everything to live life uh, and godliness out. And we, we are going to dive into this, but... To fight those oncoming schemes, um, I'm sort of framing this whole series as each week we're going to give you a tool that is actually one of the everything's needed. All right, uh, when 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 Paul said or Peter says, God has given us everything needed for life and godliness. Well, we're going to dive in for the next eight weeks. What those everything's are. Topic by topic. What, what is something in your arsenal? Some of you who, who like to fight, you, you want to know what, you're, what you're, you're packing? This is something that you're packing. That when you speak this way, when you lead in this way, in your one flesh, the enemy flees and you live life and godliness. Sound good? So that's how we're going to do this. We're at one flesh. Now, I also like, because it's going to be a little bit of wordplay. Um, I as a married man, and now my one flesh is a little bit more than just me now, right? And so, just to be honest, I cannot, and some of you are not going to like this, I cannot live my life with abundance and godliness if my life is just me now. Because I am one flesh united to a wonderful woman. But we all know everyone struggles. And she's a sinner just like I am. And now we're together in this one flesh. It it just shifts everything. But I also know um, as a single man, a single woman, as a dating couple, there is a one flesh that you are given everything needed for life and godliness. But the enemy comes at you too to say, but you're lacking something. And so just like, uh, can we just all agree, if you're going to take anything away, realize that you've been made one in Christ, but the enemy hates one flesh. He hates it. He hates it. He hates that on you, with like standing on your own, you are now surrounded by Christ in heavenlies. He hates it. So what he's going to do, single people, dating people, is going to do anything possible to blur your one flesh with the Lord. And so, everything needed for life and godliness becomes a little bit twisted when we start engaging in in relationships with people, and that blurred line happens. For marriage, it doesn't get easier. The enemy does everything needed in his plan to detract the one flesh, to separate it. Why? Because he hates one flesh. He hates it. And I will tell you right now, if you are in a marriage and it's suffering, you cannot stand confidently in saying, my relationship with God is golden. Our relationship with our spouses is intimately connected with our relationship with the Lord. Now, listen though, listen. Scripture says, do whatever possible to be at peace with all people. If you are at peace with them, then you are at peace with the Lord, okay? So an unwilling spouse, you can still be on good terms with the Father if you are at peace with them, all right? But if you are not at peace, then you cannot say that you and the Father are golden. That's a, that's a lie. So we're going to dive into this a bit, all right? One flesh. And so every week, I told you, here's a tool that's going to be in your arsenal, and it's one word, and this is the thing that we are diving in today, and it's the word honor, Honor. Now, I want you to write that down. Honor. Did you know that honor is, it is a power tool in the kingdom of God. It is a power tool. Honor. It's not found in our culture very well. Mm -mm. Uh, We want to honor the people that we want to honor, and we want to dishonor the people that we don't like. Like, honor is something that's earned in our culture. And we also believe that me giving one person honor means that I'm not giving another person honor because I'm giving it to them. And that's a very cultural, that's a very worldly way to look at it. No, the world says that and the Lord says, no, honor all people. It is a powerful thing. Can I tell you though, where honor is lacking in our relationships as being a one flesh, whether it's you and the Lord, one flesh, or you and your spouse want to flesh. Where honor is lacking, godliness is lacking. Where honor is lacking, godliness is lacking. And we have to claim honor. In fact, the enemy flees when we honor. He really does. You want to see something powerful, choose to honor, and you're like, well, what does that mean? Good, you're sitting here with me. We're going to learn together. What is honor? And I'm excited, though. The opposite, though, dishonor. To be disrespected, to be devalued, to be degraded. Can we all just, when a child is devalued, degraded. When a woman is devalued, degraded. When a spouse is devalued, degraded. Can we all agree on how stripping that feels? When a child is devalued and degraded, how stripping that feels. Dishonor is powerful in the enemy's hands. Honor, he can't even be around. Honor is beautiful. The act itself uh, of dishonor promotes the opposite of life to the fullness. It literally promotes the opposite, but honor is that power tool. So Romans 12, 9 through 10, two verses. I don't think to date I have only spoken on two verses, so this is going to be fun. I don't think I really, I think this is my first time to only speak on two verses. So be with me in this, okay? Uh, We're going to dive really deep into these two verses. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, it says this, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast. Cling to what is good. Love one another with a mutual love. And then it says outdo one another in showing honor. Let your love be genuine. It says, hate what is evil, hold fast, cling to what is good. Let your love be, be mutual in this affection. That's brotherly love. And then outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. I love this. Uh, outdoing is, is really difficult. Um, but if you let the Lord speak to you today, I believe he's going to heal. Um, Believe he's going to convict. Believe he's going to encourage. Believe he's going to strengthen. Okay? I do. We're going to literally, this this is going to stay up the whole time. My notes this morning, all of my points will come on the bottom half because this is going to be the scripture we are going to be diving in. It says, love, love let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. I will tell you right now, when it comes to honor, those three things are not just um, a prerequisite. That is literally what it looks like to honor. And, and I, I love what he's doing in this because uh, he, in a second he'll say, honor, outdo it. And that word outdo is to show with great eagerness. Uh, Others of you who love this word, uh, it it means to put it above anything else. Outdo one another in showing honor. And then this word honor is a fun one. It means to greatly value someone. Another way that the Greeks would use it uh, is, is to count the price of something. That literally when you are going to honor something, you will count the price, the value of it. And it's this, this this, imposed assumption that it is of great price. You honor. It's implying that it's huge. It's just as Paul tells to the letter like in Philippians when he says like... Uh, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others as greater than yourself. You know that passage? Where then it says, have the same attitude of mind as Christ Jesus. Or when Paul says value others above yourself, that word is hyper echo. Meaning uh, that word echo means to be, and you're literally considering them as being greater, surpassing everything. Paul says, honor, place everyone on this high esteem. Now the world would say, if I put everyone on a high esteem, then I'm low. And that just is not the gospel. And so we're going to dive into this because the world is so messy when it comes to this kind of honor and then dishonor. But if we're going to have an honor that is with eagerness, I will tell you, we are going to need to genuinely love Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. So as we dive into honor, I'm going to tell you these two words, though. Um, Evil and good are not what you would define as evil and good. The Greek word for evil in this, and this is really cool, like just as a little side to show you that honor is baked into this. The Greek word for this, that word evil actually means something that is worthless, wicked, and the main meaning that's everywhere is something that is without value where honor was value high, show that it's a great price, literally the word evil means that thing is without value. Do you want to know what the word good means here? The word good, it means what is valued. And so quite literally, Paul is saying, I need you to hate, be opposed to the things that are worthless that are of little value. Because on your quest, we could say, on your quest to to love without borders, on your quest to honor whoever is around you, you are going to need to oppose the things that are not valued. And you're going to need to cling to the things that are valued. And and this is something that's going to have to happen over and over. Literally, we're to hate, despise the things that are without value, without honor and cling to the opposite. But we'll see, like, this demands a perspective shift. It demands a perspective shift. Because what if we even, um, like, play the what if game. What if I, even as a pastor, who is not perfect at all, what if I like to cling to the things that are worthless, thinking that they are worth things? And what if I then inadvertently forego the ability to cling to the things that are of most value. I do it all the time. I claim things as important because my flesh wants it. My thoughts desire it. My pursuits, my passions say that's for me. And as I cling to this, who gets devalued? My wife. Who gets devalued? The people closest to me time and time again, you want to know how ministry can be a destroyer of marriage? is because as we cling to the things that we think are most valued, ministry, we get loosened. We we literally loosen our hands and oppose the things that are actually the most valuable. Happens time and time again. And I remember early on in my marriage, this is something that, that honor hit me because I realized how much dishonor kept hitting my wife. You hear me? And so as we get into this, I'm to show her that she has this surpassing greatness. And and to start here, though, I just need you to, to hear this. As I say... Um, We are to give people surpassing greatness, hyper echo people. That does not mean that we have diminished value. But there's this tendency in our world. Literally, our world can paint honor as transactional. That if I give it to some, that means I can't give it to others. That honor, like if I honor you, then I like my tension goes to you, and then I will inadvertently dishonor other people. This is why when a when a relationship starts forming. And you remember when, we're, when your best friend got the girl and you were like in ninth grade and you were like, girls smell. And they got the girl, though what happens inadvertently? As they honor her they begin to literally dishonor everyone else. Do you remember that? And you're like, bro, where are you at anymore? Like, you, where have you been? You're forgetting everything about us because the world says, do this, and it will be at the expense of everything else. It will. Can I just tell you, that's a nasty, nasty habit. I would say many of our marriages, we still get in the habit of doing this or thinking that our spouse needs to do that to us. And then we wonder why we feel so lonely. And then we go to our spouse and we say, why aren't you making me feel accepted and loved and cherished? And it's because y'all are doing this to each other and you have a community that you're foregoing while you do this to each other. This is not the image, okay? This is a transactional, like as I do this, it diminishes other people. But I will tell you right now, that is not the gospel honor at all. It is not something to be given even in spite of my value. Some of you, your husband is not worthy of your honor at times. Can we say that? We're all flawed. Some of you, you need like, your wife feels like she's not worthy of your honor at times. And the enemy can get us to believe that as we submit in that nasty word, used poorly correctly that's not that's not poor you do not submit to an abusive husband that's not biblical all right, all right. but as we as the world says as we honor them also it feels like it's diminishing us too many beloved women have been diminished by the quote unquote false honor toward their husbands that is not honor in the world, you honor and it takes from you. In the kingdom of God, you honor and it does nothing to diminish your value. In fact, if I could just tell you right now, honor is not even about me. Honor is a lens given from our submission to the Father. It is, a, it is literally a lens given from our, it has nothing to do with me. In fact, the reason I can honor my wife, and when I do it, praise God. When I don't, Jesus, I need you. But the reason I can is because I don't get on my hands and knees to her first. I don't elevate her. I elevate Christ. And as I elevate Christ, the value of all of humanity is intimately known in my spirit. And guess what? I'm a part of that too. Some of you, you really will not value anyone because you have not been valued. And I will tell you right now, that's, that's a truth and that's a hard place, but that's not the reality of the kingdom of God. You can value others, in fact, outdo them in honoring All because it has nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with the knees that you place as you elevate Jesus, Christ. Honor is a lens given. It's when I submit to Christ that I then am able to extend it to all people. He sets the price. And goodness, he set the price. (laughs) He literally said, my life is worth dying to show that they are worth everything. If we, we get honor from the Lord, then everyone is worthy of it. Because he set the price. He set it. One way to say this, though, is the opposite is dishonor is a submission problem to the Father. Let that sink in. Dishonor is a submission problem. It is not about me trying to figure out how to love Kate better. Husbands, wives, can I just tell you right now, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, fiancés, the, the job today is not to learn how to love them better. The job today is to learn how to submit to the Lord more. Right? Does this make sense? Because dishonor, like, can I, like, the dishonor is a submission problem. It is. It is a submission problem, and it's not gonna just change when you put a ring on it, okay? Because that, That changed nothing between you two and the Lord. Nothing. Dishonor is a submission problem first to the Lord. It's not about what you are not getting from the relationship. Husbands, you have to stop saying that your wives are not honoring you because they will not have sex with you. you have to stop saying that she is not honoring you because it's not about you. Even sex is not about you. It's not. Dishonor is a submission problem. So you want to experience the genuine love? Fall on your knees a couple times, okay? For real. My pastor used to tell us that sex starts in the kitchen. Do you remember that? Uh, Like... It starts in the kitchen. But honestly, like I have actually learned even greater, like intimacy in my marriage starts on my knees. And intimacy is way more than sex. And we'll talk about that. It starts on my knees. It starts on my knees. It starts in submission. It starts in submission. Oh, we'll get it a little further though. It's not about what you feel is missing in your relationship, it's about submitting to the Lord. Girls. Men, women, I'll just tell you right now, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is consistently devaluing, devaluing you, if your fiance, and I'm just going to read what I wrote, if she dishonors you, it is not about you. It isn't. It's not even about them. If they are dishonoring you, it's not gonna change by you doing more for them. If they're dishonoring you, it's not gonna be about you giving them what they want. If they're dishonoring you, it's not about you sticking in it, all right? It's a submission problem. If there's dishonor, there's a submission problem. But we can also bet, and this is where I need us to all see clearly with a sound mind. If there's a submission problem to the Father, and they're dishonoring you. If I'm dishonoring Kate, then I'm dishonoring the Lord. And without a doubt, I'm dishonoring myself. And so it flows cyclically. And it's a, it's a difficulty with it. And not only that, I would like to call something this. It feels like a dishonor loop. A dishonor loop. Because it's not even just about you anymore because I'm also dishonoring me and I'm dishonoring my authority and I'm dishonoring my time and I'm dishonoring my Lord. And then it's just like this constant thing in our, our marriage or our relationship is just not getting better. And we keep praying, but I can't get over these habits and these things. But I will tell you right now, when I get that lens out of line, we end up flipping these two words. We end up holding fast to the things that are not worth it. When your life gets crazy, men, how often have you held fast to your job? Because you felt like it was the only thing going good. And as you've held fast to things that are not worth it, money, pursuit of whatever, your plan, as you've held fast, you have accidentally and some intentionally let go of what is of great value. It happens to me all the time. As we get into this dishonor loop, we begin to fixate and cling the things that are worthless. And, and, and begin. I begin clinging to selfish ambition, or you begin clinging to, to wrath, or you begin clinging to your lust, or I begin clinging to my trauma. And as I do this, and, and we do this, we intentionally or unintentionally start devaluing the people who are of great value, or just people in general, right? It's not because, though, I just need to say this. It's not because you're worthless that you've been devalued. It's not. When you were devalued in that past relationship, when you were devalued as a child, when you were devalued, it was. it's not because you're worthless. It's because that individual had a submission problem. Yes, 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 yes. And so they wanted you to. Submit. They had a submission problem. It's not even about you. And I'm sorry, beloved, if I could speak anything to you right now. Your value is not claimed or gained by an individual. It is claimed and gained by Jesus Christ. And I just, like, need to speak that over you. It is, it is claimed and gained by Christ in his blood. And so it is only when, and I'll tell you, like, when I feel my honor is fading, when I feel like I am being overwhelmed because Kate, and we're not perfect, but when I feel overwhelmed because I feel like she has devalued me, what do I do? We fall to our knees. Because the way to fix the submission problem is to submit. And I don't submit to Kate first, but it says, submit to one another, Ephesians, out of your submission, your reverence to the Lord first. And so that has to happen first. First. And so I fall to my knees. Jesus, I need you. I need you. This, I need you. Because I'm in this dishonor loop and I'm being like, I'm, I'm claiming my, my value in what she says or doesn't say. Like I'm claiming my, my value in what she is doing and isn't doing for me. I'm claiming my value in that. We do that in relationships, right? Am I the only one? No, we do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on your knees, I claim my value in your cross. Your resurrection. I claim my value. Another way that we could say this, um, church, is that honor is a heart posture. It is. It's one founded on our knees. It is not given through action. Honor is not given through action. Can I tell you? Long before an action is made, honor either is or it isn't. Did you hear me? Long before the action is made. Honor either is or it isn't. Some of you thought when you were dating, do you remember any other spouses do this? Like, you're like, you get stuck in this rhythm. I remember Kate and I, we used to just be so romantic when we were dating. It was just, it, things just seemed to be easier. Can we just be all honest? Like, it wasn't that things were easier. It was just easier to do a facelift on our honor problem, right? Like, it was just easier to, to, pretend that we were really honoring each other because we didn't really know what it meant and it was easier because we could go home and no one could see our ugliness. But now they see it. Now they hear it. Now they feel it. Now they're one with it. (laughs) But he says let honor be outdone. I'll do it. I'll tell you though it's a heart posture and it extends then to our thoughts it extends to your thoughts about yourself. It extends to your thoughts about them, your plans. Honor is a heart posture. If you catch yourself planning something dishonorable, stop it then. Because honor is not an action. It's a heart posture. If you, pl- if you are planning something that is not valuing other people, if you're planning something that is overly valuing your ideas, Submit. We have to catch this, because if we do not, like, things will keep happening. And I will tell you, if it's not intentionally grown honor, then the opposite will fester, dishonor. It will. Kind acts or romantic gestures, they are not always, like, a a display of sure honor. They're not. Sometimes a kind gesture, men, is because we are hoping to get something from it. That's dishonorable. That's dishonorable. If we are doing something to get something from it, dishonor. If we are doing something because Christ is worth it, honor. You see, if we do not intentionally plan our thoughts, if we don't intentionally uh, give our, our, our allegiance daily to Christ, like then dishonor will fester. It happens. Because everything will begin to happen, like literally the enemy twists. Life can just happen. The crap will hit the fan, right? Uh, Just the the bills need to get paid. The things occur. She does something that you were not expecting. He does something that you were not planning for. And then instantly, what is the first thing that goes out the the window? Honor. It really is. If they hurt me, I don't want to value them anymore. Honor goes out the window. Or can we even say that your facade of honor left? Because really, it's a heart posture that God wants to bake. Can I just say that? Bake in us, honor, to where uh, crap can hit the fan and your true colors are shown. Honor, right? Like where crap can hit the fan, life can happen and your true colors will show. Honor. You see, God does not want us to be flaky or fickle in this, but he wants us to outdo. Because when life happens, it will show itself. When you as a single woman get lonely or anxious or broken up with again, that addiction to the drink or to porn, it will come creeping back in dishonor to your own body or dishonor to another will always come in a place of pain if we do not substitute that for the surrender to the Lord. It will always come. I mean, goodness, or when you shut off everyone else from your life, can we all agree that like we can get into that habit? When life hits the fan, we begin to shut everyone else off. Can we see that that is dishonor? It is literally elevating ourselves and devaluing all the people around us that Christ has said, I've given you a kingdom because the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. That's what he said, right? Against you? No, he said against the kingdom. We gotta be in it, we gotta live in it, honor. But I will tell you also, like, uh, when sex is used in marriage as a selfish fix, a duty, a manipulation tactic, honors out the roof. When it's done because you feel like you should, honor goes out of the roof. Out the roof, out the window, same thing. Um, Men who think that since we are men, we lead our family. A decision made by you that does not take into account her is dishonor. You are one flesh, one flesh, a decision made by you that does not take into account her is dishonorable to her. She is one flesh. She is a part of you. You're not even then thinking, you're being double-minded. You're not even thinking with your full brain because she is now attached to that, right? You're one flesh. It's dishonorable. I like, And I'm saying this all from like, whew, I'm speaking out of, right, like I can say, I'm speaking out of experience, It's not because she's angry woman that she gets mad when we make decisions without her. It's because she's a hurt and devalued woman. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite, women, stop making decisions without talking to the spouse. Stop. Or when boundaries are crossed as we have passions as an unmarried couple... It goes out the window. It goes out the window. Why? Because Paul says, let your love be genuine. Yes. Yes. Let your love be genuine. Sometimes, you know like the love language thing? Uh, I'm going to just have a little bit of spiel on it, but then we're going to be done. Um, let your love be genuine. This word genuine is beautiful. It means sincere. It means, as it should be, that love is agape love, which means it doesn't come from you. It's an unconditional love from the Father. So if you're going to let your love be genuine and sincere, it's going to not need to be your love. Whose love is it going to need to be? His love. Right? Are we with me? So the issue, though, why is it dishonorable for you to do what you want when you want? Why is it dishonorable? Because, listen, it's dishonorable because if it's left to me, Love will always be defined through my lens. And when it's defined through my lens, it is not sincere agape love. It's defined through my lackings, my fears, sometimes my inabilities. Some of you think you're all high and mighty. Can we just realize we're not good at seeing things? And therefore, because we're not good at seeing things and our spouse can see something we can't see, but our love is so one-sided, it's not honorable. You, when he says, let your love be genuine, so love must come from the Lord. You know, love languages. Here's, here's my only thing. Love languages are good. Okay? To know how you feel loved. I feel loved through you know physical touch, words of affirmation. Those are my things, okay? It is dishonoring to my wife if I only let my love end there. Because then I'm like, you don't touch me. Why haven't you said anything good? It's because love does not exist for me. Love exists for the glory of the Lord. And so, I I literally, my my mentor in college, uh, he spoke. Jason, do you remember? uh, He's a great man. I did not realize this until year two of knowing him. And I thought, why is he a four-letter word that starts with a D and ends with a K? In class with me. Why? And he's like the professor. Why is he so mean to me? Like, why is he? Like, I just don't understand. And I would love, like, our one-on-one time, but then in class... And he told me two years later, he said, I prayed when I, led, when I first began mentoring you. I prayed what I should do to show you love. And the Lord told me he longs for an acceptance from the Father and he's going to ask for it from you. I need him to ask for it from me. Do not show him any affection in the, like in the presence of others. And I was like... That was stupid. <laughs> he would like celebrate other people and he's like, I knew what you craved is not what you needed. You see, some of you, you crave something and you think that's, that's love. It is dishonorable because let love be genuine. It must come from him. So just because you crave it or that's how you, and love language means nothing. All right. I would rather be on good terms with my wife and not touching than to touch, to just prove, this is my love language, so touch me. Right? Like I would rather us honor each other. From afar, I can look and I just know we're in good standing. Then I don't have to touch her. She doesn't have to speak to me. Those are my love languages, but I don't crave them from her because the Father touches me. He speaks to me. So this is not a craving. This is an abundance. It is. As we continue to go though, like, when we get into this habit, I will tell you again and again, how I break free is we have to surrender to the Lord. We have to. And what I need you to do is you dive into what honor is, this has to be a power position. It does. This has to be a power position for you. On your knees is a power position. You're taught this is a power position. No, this is. This is. In fact, I've been praying through this. I feel like there's a spirit of powerlessness in many in our church. And I've seen it in one on one settings, but I I see it on the faces of many. A spirit of powerlessness that you don't want to get on your knees because you really feel like you could be taken down. This is a vulnerable position. And you learned at a young age, you cannot be vulnerable. There's a spirit of powerlessness. And I will tell you, as you try to honor a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, if you operate with a spirit of powerlessness, if you operate with a, I can't, or I will never be able to, I just am not able, if you operate with that, you will always accidentally dishonor them and yourself. You will always get into this loop of dishonor. It will happen powerlessness is a mindset that retains dishonor. And honestly, some of our hearts have been severely wounded by people who've devalued us. Some of our hearts have been severely wounded by people who have degraded us. And that can leave you feeling powerless. It can leave you feeling powerless. But the way that we are powerful is through the living and active presence of our God. And we come to his presence. We approach the throne of grace with confidence. And when I get into that throne room, you're not going to be standing up talking. You are going to fall. Can we practice the, the throne room all the time? Falling on our knees. And that's a power position. It is. It's interesting, though, many of us, we may not have a selfish lens that we're motivated by. It's not like uh, I view love or the lack of through myself. Some of you, it's a wounded lens that you view your relationships by. And in a wounded lens... Uh, the lens of the dishonored. Have you ever heard like the hurt people will hurt people? Have you heard or broken people break people? Uh, like or uh, the, the just brokenness leads to more brokenness? Yeah. Well, I will tell you in a very easy way. You can also understand this. The lens of the dishonored will always, always end up dishonoring the in the lens. The this is the classic. The oppressed become the oppressor. Why? Feminism, in its angry sense, was made. My wife will speak on this. I don't know if it's me. Where at the same time that it speaks women's power, it also degrades those who are not following in the same route. Same women. And it's just this, the oppressed to become the oppressor. We do this all the time. We, do you remember when uh, you were a little overweight as a kid and then you stopped being overweight? Now you quick- to look at the people who are overweight and think, why didn't they just man up like I did? Or you were skinny and scrawny as a child and made fun of for it. And you thought, I need to just be strong. And now you have this toxic masculinity to prove to yourself. the oppressed become the oppressor. It is the dishonor. And so we have to say, Jesus, change me or else like it'll happen. Like, It'll keep happening. We will retaliate. And a couple, when I do like premarital counseling, which is a lot of fun, when I do couple counseling, um, we can call it like the dishonor dance. Like they said something, they responded. They said something, they responded. And we get in this dishonor dance where sometimes the dishonor is fun. That's the dishonor. I will not even give you the time of day. I will put up all walls. I will stop speaking. I will clarify that you are worth nothing by my absence. Dishonor dance happens, and we have to stop it. In fact, uh, it's difficult because as we keep doing this, the one way to end it is one choosing to end it. Literally, it, that's all it is. Now, hear me. In my, wife, like in my, my relationship with Kate, there might be seasons there might be seasons where Kate was the one who had to end it first, in the dance first. Does that make sense? There are seasons also where I have had to end the dance first, which means we're not going to do this anymore. Now, hear me when I say this. It's not me giving in or her giving in or, or it's not like any of that. It's us choosing to place Jesus above it. That is the point. And... That teaches and speaks so much. When someone says, no, we got to stop this. We are not being honorable to the Lord. Like, he's not being glorified in this. Like, this is a mess. Like, this, we, I am not, I'm, I'm literally blaspheming him as I angrily taunt you or as we, as we are passive aggressive. We, we just got to stop. Like, this is devaluing to the Lord. Like, we have to. We must choose to oppose the worthless. This argument is worthless. This act is worthless. This place we're going is worthless. These things that we are choosing to spend our money on that's causing us to fight, Worthless. I will oppose what is worthless, as we cling to what is good. You, you feeling me? Like are you, I need. I am trying to give as many examples so that you can hear it in your own heart. These things are worthless, as we cling to what is valuable, as we wait on what is valuable. Why? Once you write. We are to always show honor from a place. Of abundance and not lacking or not scarcity, always, always. So on your knees, it may feel like you have nothing. Anyone remember the times like in your life? And I'm just going to keep going on my knees today, uh, you, where you're like, "I have nothing, I have nothing," and you feel like you're lacking. Like that's when you actually have everything needed for life and godliness. And it's really interesting, though, when we go to relationships from a place of scarcity or lacking, we are very quick to dishonor. When you first say, you haven't given me any time, why aren't you responding back to my texts? Why aren't you doing this? This is lacking. Why, why aren't we touching? Why don't you touch me in public? Why, why, why? And we always talk about what's lacking from the thing. Well, if we just didn't do this, if if we cut out this in our relationship, I would feel lacking. Or if this wasn't there, then I would, and we talk from things that are lacking. Dishonor happens as we talk from things that are lacking. Now, honor happens as we say, "Kate, like, we're not doing very good Sorry, she's she's stretching over there. I'm sorry. Uh I was, I just embarrassed her. It honor happens as we assess things. I feel like we as a couple, love is lacking. I feel like like we as a couple, like prayer is lacking. And as we speak that is lacking, that's not dishonorable, but when you say you, something's lacking for you in this negative sense, now you can say there have been times when Kate's like, Greg, you haven't been home. And it's been hurtful. She's not dishonoring me in saying that. She's actually speaking what I have been doing of lacking. And so it, it works both ways, but we, have to, we cannot be so black and white with this, okay? Uh, we are to always honor from a place of abundance. Dishonoring my wife when I try to lead from what is missing. Dishonoring those in our life when we try to li- live from what is lacking. We to expect things. We want what we want from them. We feel like we need things. We deserve things from them. But God gives us everything we need. And sometimes our pain, though, feels us lacking. That powerless, I'm lacking. When you're powerless, don't make any decisions. When you feel powerless, don't make any decisions. In fact, I have an awesome couple uh, that I have been hanging out with, and just the idea of just voicing, I feel powerless, came out. And I love this. these two. Um, and just the, the voice of, of, like, I feel powerless right now. I'm going to own the fact that I feel that I'm going to call out the enemy's schemes and making me feel this way. I feel powerless right now. Now, it's not true. It's not genuine. I'm not going to act from my powerlessness. I'm not going to, th- I'm not going to dwell in it. I'm going to let it out. And then whatever happens, happens. Maybe prayer. I don't know. Maybe uh, like comfort. I don't know. Whatever. I feel powerless, owning that, speaking that into your relationships. This is why Paul says, hate what is evil. Hate, despise it, cling to what is good. Jesus, like, in him, the oppressed can find healing. I will tell you, like, if you were devalued in your past relationships, your knees is where you'll find your value. If you were devalued in a past relationship or as a child, on your knees is where you'll find your value. That's why it is so twisted and tainted in our culture. On your knees has been a slang of devalue, right? If I get low, that shows that I'm not worthy. But the opposite, we must cling to good and hate evil. Hear me though. I will tell you, I'm going to have one more point, but I need to just speak this and let it just fall on whoever needs to hear it, okay? Honoring someone who is not honoring is hard. And trying to value someone who is not just not honoring, but degrading, abusive. That is, as Paul says, that gives the door an opportunity for you to step out of their authority. Because they have, they have lost their ability to have authority over your body as a spouse. This is why... now. Again, we don't make decisions in the moment because we're devalued. If that is you and you're in this situation, fall to your knees and the Lord will tell you what to do. Don't make a decision out of devaluing, being devalued. Make a decision out of abundance on your knees. But it dishonors a dishonorable spouse to enable their dishonoring. Do you want to make this? If you keep an abusive spouse abusing that actually devalues them. When Kate sins, I cannot enable it. I'm dishonoring her. When I sin, listen, she knows how to speak it. And she's good at it. And when that happens, it would be dishonorable to me as her husband if she kept quiet when I am in sin. If she kept quiet, if she kept it safe, if she kept it clean, if she kept it smiley, if she, all of these things would be dishonoring to our one flesh. Some of you, you've been smiling way too much, and that's been dishonorable to your one flesh. Like, you hear me? Like, it would be dishonorable if you enable the thing to keep happening. It's devaluing you and them. Freedom comes in the light. So, Greg, this is happening, and I just, like you really missed the mark on this. That sucks. That hurts. I probably will respond not well. I have my little defense mechanisms. And then I'll be like, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And I go through that little phrase of, I'm just worthless. And I just want her to like praise me. Get that's, that's dishonoring. Stop. When you do something wrong, own it. Don't say I'm worthless to make them try to give you more value. Own it and say sorry. I had to learn that. And I still struggle. Anytime I do something wrong, I think it's against me. And I'm just a poor, poor, pitiful me, as my parents would say. No, I will own it. I will own it. I will claim my value in Christ, and I will say I'm sorry. I will not devalue you again. There's complexities um, in all of these things. And we're going to talk more like purity is going to be one week, intimacy. Some of you are like, you, you define intimacy as only in marriage. And then relationships outside of marriage are lacking intimacy. No, we're going to talk about intimacy being a power tool in the kingdom of God. Okay, and that's for the married couples and those who are single. Intimacy is a power tool in the kingdom of God. All right, so we're going to have some good talks as the weeks go on. But if we think about it, I'm going to end with this. Honor is a stewarding technique. It is. Honor is you saying to the Lord, thank you for giving me what I do not deserve. I will tend it well. Dishonor is, why didn't you give me what I think I should deserve? I will take it well. Right? Like dishonor is also like why I'm not even thankful to the Lord. But honor is a stewarding technique of saying, I will tend this. Because when I'm faithful in the little things, I will be faithful in the much. It was really difficult to be a youth pastor because when he dated her and she doesn't go to church, she doesn't even pray, like all these things, like, and you're just like, ugh. Don't do that. This is a stewarding technique. And you can't even be faithful in the little things. A texting relationship. You're going to teach and train your heart to not be faithful in the big things. Come on. Like, let's honor. Let's honor the Lord in who we decide to hang out with. Let's honor the Lord in who we decide to spend time Let's honor the Lord in how we hang out with. Let's honor him because it's a stewarding technique. It will, if you are faithful in the little, you'll be faithful with the much. You will. You will. It's a stewarding technique where you call out the valuable and cling to it. Call out the valuable. Some of you need to call out the valuable. Claim, you need to go home, husbands and wives, and say, like, I just need you to know, you are valuable to me. Some of you need to speak that. Can you speak that to your spouse? Some of you men, you need to actually verbally process your your feelings. You are valuable to me. Claim what is valuable. Single people, in your friend life, claim what is valuable. And you're like, my friends know it. No, they don't. Claim what is valuable. Cling to it. This is why the author of Hebrews says, do not forsake meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. All right, all right. Dishonor goes out the window when we do not live in community with his people. Claim what is honorable, what is valuable. Call out, oppose what is worthless. I will not even entertain that thought. Call it out. It's not of me. I oppose that sinful attitude. It's not of me. I will hate what is evil, and I will honor and cling to what is good. This kind of stewarding is something that we are to invest in. All right? We're to invest in. And so, as we just like, I literally have my notes end this somehow. (laughs) Jesse sees it. End it somehow. So, Locked my, my iPad, we're ending it somehow, okay? What I really want us to do, though, is close your eyes, all right? Let's close our eyes. Maybe you want to actually take the posture on your knees. Maybe you want a heart posture on your knees. Maybe you want to open your hands, and that's you, you surrendering. Whatever it is, I encourage you, take the posture of submission right now to the Lord. Like, and I, I mean it. Those of you who know you need to get on your knees, get on your knees. All right, push the chair up in front of you so you have more space. All right, get on your knees. And as we are on our knees, I'm all get on my knees. I got it. Maybe your hands are lifted. Others of you, if you want to look at me, I think some of the most like, open and vulnerable positions are when your arms are spread out like this. Maybe this is what you want to do. You want to have your arms spread out. You can easily be taken down. What if you got in a position right now of submission? Here's how we're going to end it somehow. Jesus, on our knees, in our surrender, we need you. Lord, I am sorry for believing the lie that I'm powerless to my sins. I am sorry for believing the lie that I'm powerless. Jesus, I admit that I devalue, I degrade, and not even not in my actions always, but in my thoughts. We surrender to the fact that, that we do not love genuinely. We give people what we think they want. We give broken people what they claim they need. That's not honoring correctly. We force what we want. I will manipulate to get what I think I need. But on my knees, Jesus, I just need you. Nothing else, right? We sing that. Nothing else will do. I just want you. So in our surrender, Jesus, let this fuel honor. Let it claim power. I pray that the next time a fight happens, I pray that the next time uh, boundaries are about to be crossed, where where Paul says, in your word, oh, this is going to be fun, where Paul says, flee sexual immorality. Or well, we realize that that's not running as much as it is getting on our knees to you. It does not mean a physical departure. Sometimes it just means a heart surrender. And God, I just want to, like, there are marriages that have sexual morality. Sexual morality occurs when we dishonor in our marriages. When intimacy is not a fueling of, of, of worship to you, but it's about ourselves. So when that happens, God, may we fall on our knees. May we change our posture. May we flee to you. And goodness, God, that's going to create a ripple effect, and the enemy is going to run away. He cannot touch me when I'm on my knees. To you be the glory, Jesus. Give us honor. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.